ascended Son of God. Sing hallelujah. 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 Praise the one risen Son Say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. Right now, right now I'm losing that. Stood on the stage night after night, reminding the broken it'll be alright. Right now, oh right now. Good morning, friends, and welcome into this time of worship. Um, it's a great pleasure to be here with you, uh, both those of you who are here in the room and those who are with us online. Uh, as we draw into this time of worship, I want to acknowledge that um, we all come in with, with distractions and with cares and with things from the day and from the week that are with us. Um, but this is a time to focus and to draw near to God. We're gonna start with a song called Great Things. I want to encourage you with these words this morning. If you are feeling anxious or you're feeling scared this morning, know that he is the great Lord of hosts. If you're feeling overwhelmed by life, he is the great provider. If you're feeling lonely or you're feeling hurt, he's a great friend and he's a great healer. And if you're rejoicing this morning, well, he rejoices over you with gladness. Above all, he is the hero of heaven who has conquered the grave and he frees every captive and he breaks every chain. God, we worship you because you are a God of great things this morning. Would you stand with us as we sing?
the name of Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we worship you this morning.
Cypress Bible Church. It's exciting to be here to worship with you this morning. Uh, a few announcements. We've got several opportunities last week. CBC 101 class coming up, and then we also have a membership class coming up. So if you're interested in those, stop by the Grow kiosk out here, and Brian can get you some more information. Uh, this next week, we also have an uh, opportunity to go in life-changing mission. Uh, next Saturday is our second Saturday. So every second Saturday of the month, we have an opportunity as a church to come together and, and go out and be missional in our community. And we've got many opportunities. Everyone can be involved, uh, no matter what your age. So come and be a part of that. We'll meet here at 10 o'clock. Uh, we'll have a time of devotion and just kind of vision casting of, as to what God's doing and the opportunities you have to serve. And then we'll go out into the community, and usually we're done by 12. So it's only a couple-hour commitment. So I would uh, encourage you to do that. The other thing we have, uh, last week we had our Go Conference, and we're wrapping that up. And we're still getting a few uh, of our faith promises in. And so if you haven't had an opportunity to do that, uh, there's some cards out here on the Go kiosk, or there's still the online version, too. So we'll probably send one last reminder out this week. Uh, so please partake in that. So as we continue to worship, I pray that the Holy Spirit would impact you and draw you closer to the Father as we lift up the name of Jesus this morning. I invite you, if you're able, to stand with us as we continue in our time of worship this morning. Jesus bled and died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his feet. My Savior on that cursed tree. His body bound and drenched in tears. 
rising sun shall pierce the night, and I will rise among the saints, my gaze transfixed on Jesus'
morning. There we go. Hey. Hey, Bill. <laughs> I am Jeremy Little. Among other things, I'm a teacher. And I teach a class here at CBC called TuGab. What a goofy name. Don't blame me. Jack Martin came up with it. Is Jack here? Jack Martin came up with that name. It's Two Guys in a Bible. It was me and my buddy Dylan. We both graduated from seminary, a DTS, and we wanted to start a class. And he said, you should call it Two Guys in a Bible. Well, Dylan's gone, and I still teach the class. So TUGAB now stands for To Gather All Believers. Is that fair? <laughs> so uh, my background is I'm a teacher. And, well, I mean, you decide for yourselves when we're done. If God has indeed gifted me with the ability to teach. And I'm going to teach today about something that is very near and dear to my heart. The Spirit-filled church. And the big question is always, what is the Spirit-filled church? You know, this is a Bible church, and typically at a Bible church, you're going to find in classes, like in Tugab, somebody's going to read verse through verse, through a chapter, through a book. Today, I've got 30 minutes, so we're going to do a topic, the Spirit-filled church. And with the, the Spirit-filled church, I'm going to be hopping to different scriptures. So uh, for those of you that are going to be reading in your Bibles, I'm going to be reading from the New American Standard. I've got it up on the slides for you if you don't want to turn, but we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Peter 4, and Exodus 31. Yes, we're going to be in Exodus all right, so what is the Spirit-filled church? If this was too, Gab, we would spend some time and I'd be getting feedback from you for what the Spirit-filled church is. Well, let me tell you what I've been told and what I've seen. I went to music school in Boston. And up in Boston, there's all sorts of churches. And I went to many a Spirit-filled church. And at these Spirit-filled churches, I had uh, friends of mine from Houston who said, hey, Jeremy, let's, I'm going to take you to a spirit-filled church. And in the spirit-filled church, what I saw is the music was great. And we're worshiping the Lord. And I'm enjoying it. It's wonderful. But then something changed. People started convulsing. People climbed up on chairs and jumped off of chairs. People literally were swinging, like swinging at each other, like this. And there were these ushers, they were dressed in nurses' uniforms, but they're swinging at each other, so it's probably that's why they're dressed as nurse uniforms. So, but their job was to usher them away from each other. The whole congregation was speaking in tongues. This is a spirit-filled church. This is what I've been told. This is what I've seen. I've seen on, on TV, I've seen people being drunk, drunk in the spirit, the whole congregation acting drunk and everybody laughing and falling over. I've seen people get high in the Spirit. I've seen that. And I come back to that same question over and over again. Is this a Spirit-filled church? And maybe you've seen it too. And maybe you've heard of the charismatic movement or Pentecostals. Maybe they're the only ones with a spirit-filled church. I've actually had people in two gaps say, I want to leave CBC because it's not a spirit-filled church. Well, how do you determine what a spirit-filled church is? 
again, I, I'd, I would be expecting feedback from you. But you don't get to say anything today. And I've only got 25 minutes left. <laughs> this is what it comes down to, my friends. What does the Bible have to say, a spirit-filled church, versus what does tradition have to say? The Bible versus tradition. Tradition are things that men came up with. Some of them are good. They are. You know, a lot of what we do here, there's a lot of tradition in this, and it's, it's harmless. It's helpful. But tradition is something that a man or a woman came up with, essentially, and they determine if that's what should be done or not. So you can put your hopes in something like tradition that may change, or you can put your hopes in the Word of God, which is never changing, regardless of how our language changes, regardless of how our society changes, the Word of God doesn't change. And I submit to you today, my brothers and sisters in Christ, O church, Cypress Bible Church, you are the church. This is the building we meet in. You are the church. I submit to you, the Bible is the foundation for how to define what a spirit-filled church is. So we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 1st, chapter 12. We're going to hit verse 4 right now. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. Stop. There are varieties. Not every gift is the same. There's a bunch of different gifts. You know, the, the buzzword of the last couple decades is diversity. Well, there's a diversity of gifts. Okay? So there's many. There's not just one. If there was just one, then we would all be exactly the same. But God likes different things. There's varieties of gifts. What is this gifts word? This is where the charismatic movement even gets the word charismatic from. It's, it's a Greek word. It's charisma. Charisma. This word is a grace gift. It is a gift that is given to you by grace. At the heart of this word is the word charis, which uh, Pastor Bukema's daughter is Carissa. He named her for this word, derivations of this word. So charis is grace. And just like your salvation was given to you by grace, through faith. So what the Bible's saying here is that these gifts are grace gifts just like your salvation was grace these gifts that you have well we'll see if you have them i'm going to tell you that you do but we'll see what god's word says that's charisma it's a greek word it's a grace gift it says there are varieties of gifts but the same spirit so every gift is spirit filled every gift that the bible mentions is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. We're going to see a list here in a minute. Every manifestation of the, of, of the Holy Spirit is in a gift that a believer has. Okay, and there's all sorts of gifts. And I have there listed a bunch of different gifts. If you understand Greek, you can see them. If you don't, well, I'm a teacher. You have some assignments. <laughs> There are around 20 gifts in the New Testament, 13 in 1 Corinthians 12, five more are mentioned, five others are mentioned in Romans 12, and two more are mentioned in Ephesians 4. Okay, sometimes the same word is, is mentioned again in these different passages, but we have about 20 different gifts mentioned in the New Testament. And so let's look at the 13 that are in 1 Corinthians 12. 
Let's read them. Word of wisdom. Now remember, each single one of these gifts is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. So not just one gift can say, it's my gift alone. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues, interpretation of tongues, apostles. <laughs> Hi, Green Laws. It's a... I should say this. It's, it's a, the gift of apostleship is different from the office of apostleship. An apostle is a sent one. Missionary. Apostles. Teachers. Helps. It, we didn't have a better English word. Helps. I got helps. <laughs> Administration. Admi administration. Can, okay, you've seen the, 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 the shows, the, the televangelists, you've seen the, the miracles and the things they do. Do you think they're going to put somebody with a spirit-filled gift of administration on stage to film? It'd be weird. But it's a gift. It is a spirit-filled gift. It is nonetheless any weaker of, the, of a gift. It's the Holy Spirit at work through administration. And in Romans 12, we get serving, which is different from helps, exhortation, giving, leadership, mercy. Ephesians 4 adds to that, has some of the others, evangelizing and pastoring. Now, that, that's not all I put on these slides. I didn't just put the English word. And, and Lael here, for the deaf ministry, she's like, I don't know how to sign all these Greek words. <laughs> don't. Oh, you do? Oh, she does. There's Greek sign language too. So, but there's Greek words. Why would I put Greek words up here? You're not Greek speakers. Oh, Bible church, you have an assignment. See, here's the thing. You need to get definitions for these gifts. And the thing about it is, what method are you going to do? What method are you going to use to get these definitions? Is it going to be, you're just going to come up with what it means? Are we starting to go back to tradition? Well, for me, that word means this. This is, not a situ this is not relativism. This is not a situation where, oh, that gift means one thing to you, but that gift means a different thing to me. No, it means what it means, and it means one thing. And you've got to find a good methodology of finding out how to define these gifts. The English word is based on the original Greek, but the English language is a moving target changes. Meanings change, and nuances change. And your definition of that word is different from somebody else's definition because it's also based in their experience. So the thing to do is to look at the underlying Greek word in its context. This is your assignment. There was 20 in the New Testament. Your assignment, you've got to go and define these words in Greek. But how am I going to do that? Oh my goodness, this is the Word of God. What I'm telling you today will change your life if you let it. It will change your life and, and put you in a, in a different direction or, or it will affirm the direction you've been going in. Uh, consider this, the word helps and serving. They're two different words. They're two different Greek words with two different definitions. So helps is different 
I'll tell you what, yesterday we were at somebody's house. You know, we had the big freeze. We were at somebody's house working. I saw several people with this gift. They, when something helps, when something goes wrong, if somebody's air conditioner breaks, they're just like, oh, I really want to be there. There was one guy in our, in our Sunday school class, or in our, yeah, at Two Gab. This one guy, he, he gave his number out. He said, if you ever need anything, I want to be there. It's the person who, when they're driving along, oh, wait a minute, I'm defining these things. That's your job. You've got to go find out the Greek meaning because helps and serving are two different gifts. I'm going to tell you something else, and this, this should pop out to you. Healing is different from miracles. But don't we always say, they were healed, it's a miracle. Well, there's a Greek word behind this word healing, and the great theologian Inigo Montoya once said, I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> so healing may not mean what you think it means there, because a supernatural healing is a miracle. What type of healing are they talking about? Go look it up. And here's another thing. <laughs> and scholars will argue. If you ever read, they, you start reading about the gifts, some will say, there's only 15. No, there's 20. No, there's 30. And some will say, you can only look at the New Testament. Others will say, well, you should look at the Old Testament as well. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, you should look in the Old Testament because there are gifts in the Old Testament. Case in point. You know who these guys are? Anybody say their names? We talk about them like every other Sunday. Who? No, it's not Joshua and Caleb. Close, though. It's Bezalel and Oholiab. I mean, it rolls off the tongue. <laughs> Here's the question. Are these guys exercising their spiritual gifts? You say, yes? Okay. What are they building? What are they working on? The ark. Okay, so here's the picture. Moses is actually, this isn't happening yet. Where we're going to be at in Exodus 31, Moses is actually on the mountain, Mount Sinai, Mount Horeb. And he's talking to God. God just got done telling him, you're going to build the tabernacle, and it's going to have these dimensions, it's going to need these materials, you're going to build these different things. And that's what he's talking about. He finishes talking, and now he's going to talk about some particular people. Let's see what it says. Exodus 31, 1 through 6. Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him, I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge. Those sound familiar. And in all kinds of craftsmanship to create artistic designs for work in gold, in silver, and in bronze. And in the cutting of stones, he's filled him with the Spirit for the cutting of stones, for settings, and in the carving of wood, so that he may work in all kinds of craftsmanship. And behold, I myself have appointed with him Aholiab, the son of Ahasibach, of the tribe of Dan. And in the hearts, not just these two, and in the hearts of all who are skillful, I have put skill so that they may make everything that I have commanded you. Our list of 20 has grown. Here's the thing. <laughs> this is God's word. It's the Old Testament. Do you think there's some other ones in there? What if you go and look? 
See, I'm, I'm a teacher. I want you to love the Word of God as much as I do. More would be great. Because if you love the Word of God more than me, then you can encourage me to love it even more. And iron can sharpen iron. So, yes, indeed, there's more than 20 gifts. Yes, indeed, we should be looking at the Old Testament. And yes, indeed, it's God's Word. God's Word is the source, not man. And our friends here, yeah, they're, they're exercising their spiritual gift. Again, you know, let's turn back on to the, the religious channel and watch these, watch men designing sets for some, some event that's going to happen at the church. Here's the question. Would you ask somebody, hey, are they exercising their, is this a manifestation of the Holy Spirit? You know what a, a naysayer may say? No, it is not. Well, that's man's tradition. The Word of God says it is. And how dare we look down on it? Well, that's their gift. I'm not gifted in that. Hmm. Every gift is spirit-filled. Every single gift is spirit-filled. What about the rest of it? And there are varieties. So we already saw oh, there's varieties of gifts. There's varieties of ministries. There's not just one ministry. And the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And then he lists a bunch of the gifts that I already mentioned. And then he goes on to say, but one and the same Spirit works all these things. It's the same Spirit working all these things. Distributing to each one individually just as he wills. There's varieties of ministries. You have varieties of gifts. You know, some people say, I just don't see any opportunity. At, you know, I'd like to serve somewhere, but I don't see an opportunity. Maybe you're looking for the wrong ministry, or maybe you also need to go to Papua. Maybe you need to go to Thailand. Maybe it's tugging at your heart, and you're denying it. There's varieties of ministries, and these varieties of ministries have different effects. Every ministry's aim is not the exact same thing. There are so many dimensions to discipleship. Go and make disciples of all nations. There are so many different effects out there for ministries, not just the one. And your gift will match with that. God is the head of every ministry. That's what it said there. Uh, who's the head of the children's ministry? God. Oh, okay. Well, also Evan and Avalyn, right? So, but, but they answer to God, and we all answer to God. So we have a common leader. And God is the one that's working in each person individually. You say, well, I'm, God's doing it, but I'm pretty slick. <laughs> you know, it was my power. You know, we, we all have that moment. But these are spiritual gifts. And this is something that God, and this is a privilege for us to be able to live into the work that God has for all men, all believers. All believers. He's the one that's working in us. And yes, it's said there in verse 7, every believer has a spiritual gift. And if you can hear me or not hear me, if you can see me or not see me and you're a believer, you have a spiritual gift. You do. 
Don't believe otherwise because the Word of God says you do. I'm hoping this is tingling your mind and your soul into maybe looking more into this. And every gift is given for the common good of the church. It also says it in chapter 14. In fact, if you really want to study the gifts, go read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14. That'll give you a completely different spin on the love chapter. So every gift is given for the common good for everybody in the church. So your gift is given so that the church can be lifted up. And every gift is given exactly where the Spirit intends. You're not a mistake. Okay, there's, there's a guy I know. I had lunch with him. He was in Tugab. And, and he's like, um, I said, what do you want to do? And he said, well, I know that I'm supposed to teach like you, you know. I'm supposed to be doing something big like that, but I just, I don't know if I want to. And he felt badly about it, and I felt badly for him. I said, well, what do you want to do? He said, well, I really want to help out on the tech team because it's where my heart is, but I know it's wrong. <laughs> well, what, what is wrong that this person had that view? You know, when we're singing to God and the words are going forward and you don't have it memorized, do you think it's important that those words show up on time? Is that person exercising their spirit-filled gift? Yes, it's called serving. That's important. That's an impo Every gift is important. Not just somebody standing up here. Not just somebody in a classroom somewhere. Every gift is important, even yours. So every gift is important. Don't look down at your gift. But we can, we can put it all together. This is all you need to do right here, right? And this is true. Uh, you have a spirit-filled gift that was made just for you. You do. You should be plugged into a ministry that uses that gift. Don't get plugged into a ministry that doesn't use your gift. If you want to be on the tech team, don't go teach children. Okay, I know that we need people over there, but the last thing they need in children's ministry is somebody going, fine, I'll serve in the stupid children's ministry. <laughs> no, the thing that excites you, go do that. Go do that. Or if you don't, maybe you don't know what excites you, go try that. Okay. Uh, so uh, not all ministries are the same, so you have all sorts of choices. And not all ministries have the same effect, so there's all sorts of things you can do. Uh, you do this by God's power, and it's for the common good of all, for all the believers at the church, and it's for God's glory, not for self. What could possibly go wrong with other gifted believers that are also saved sinners like you? What could possibly go wrong? Well, I wonder if the Word of God deals with this. Yes, it does. 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 21 says, For the body is not one part, but many. If the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not part of the body. That is very sad. It is not for this reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not part of the body. It is not for this reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has arranged the parts, each one of them in the body, just as he desired. 
If they were all one part, where would the body be? But now there are many parts, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Well, I started exercising my gift, and then I started experiencing difficulties with other people exercising their gift. What do I do now, Jeremy? Well, we look to see what God's Word says. You're going to have that. That's going to happen. But don't look down on your gift. Your gift is important. And other people, you, you know, you can lovingly talk to others and use God's Word so that you can have peace with one another. You know, if you're in conflict with somebody and they say, well, your ministry is stupid and mine's awesome. Let's go look at 1 Corinthians 12 and we'll read that together and then we'll see what you're... Okay, think of this. <laughs> We're the body and, and, uh, of Christ. Are you ever going to say anything negative about Jesus' physical body? <laughs> but will you feel comfortable saying something negative about some other ministry? What a waste of time. Were Jesus' hands a waste of time? Was Jesus' nose a waste of time? Were his ears? No. So don't look down on your own, your own gift. And you're here for a specific purpose in a specific place. It was not a mistake. You've been gifted for that reason. Also, do not think too highly of your ministry and too lowly of another ministry because they're all needed. I just made that point. Don't be like that. Don't be the eye saying to the, to the nose, I don't need you. You can't. I mean, you can, you can, but then you're breaking what God's Word said. You know, uh, one, one verse I didn't get into because we're limited on the time. If one part suffers, the whole part suffers. If one part rejoices, then all parts rejoice. And that's how we should be. That's how all the ministries at any church should be. And so each part of the body is different. So the eye shouldn't be telling the nose how to smell. Should it? Or the eye shouldn't be telling the, the ears, I don't need you. I don't need to hear. I see everything. Or the, eye should, or the head shouldn't be telling the feet, I don't need you. I can, uh, you know, a head is spherical. It can roll around. But you need the neck too. So it doesn't work. It's the whole body. And we need you. You know who I mean when I say you? I mean all of you. We need you. Every part of the body needs to exist. It's the body of Christ. Christ is our head. We need you. You are needed and you're wanted. Let's see about 1 Peter 4. As each one has received a special gift. Hey, Peter's talking about gifts. You know, Paul wrote 1 Corinthians. The Holy Spirit guided Paul along while he wrote 1 Corinthians. Well, here uh, Peter's saying the same thing. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the multifaceted grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking actual words of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Yeah, it's, it's a shame. That there's so many more verses about gifts, and there's so much more I wanted to cover, but it's all there for you to find. So when you use your gift, 
It is a solemn undertaking. It is not something that you just, well, I'll throw something together and, and see what happens. I mean, c- could you imagine if the praise team up here said, well, let's figure out what we're going to do on uh, 30 minutes before church starts. And then they're, they're, they're just done arguing over which songs when the countdown goes zero. And Kevin says, well, anybody got any songs they like? We couldn't come up with any. You must do this with excellence. Your gift, your gift needs to be worked at. And you need to take it seriously. And you need to do it with the right heart to serve one another. Not to serve self. It's easy to be self-serving with your gift and to lift yourself up. It's kind of like when guys meet and they say, oh, oh, nice to meet you. What do you do for a living? Oh, what do I do for a living? <clears throat> well, I'm a manager at an oil and gas company, and, you know, I'm a, my middle name's Big Time. <laughs> What's your last name? A little. <laughs> you do it to serve one another, not to serve self. You do it for God's glory, not for the glory of self. You know, here's the thing, when, when the Lord, when God is the head of your ministry, whatever ministry you're in, guess what? You can't fool him. Don't try. He knows all. He sees all. Do you, do you know that God is the master of time and space? Do you know that he can pluck John from around 90, 95 AD and show him the things that are in our future and then take him back? You think he can't see your, your heart and your intentions? Make sure that they're right. That's what Peter's saying here. So what is the Spirit-filled church? It is a church where all the believers are using their various Spirit-filled gifts in the various ministries with their various effects to build up the body of Christ for the glory of God. That's a Spirit-filled church. Even administration is a Spirit-filled gift. Every gift is needed. And then the question is, what about CBC? Is CBC a Spirit-filled church? My dear friends, my brothers and sisters in Christ, this building is not the church. The pastors here by themselves are not just the church. The elder board is not just the church. We are all the church. And you say, well, I could never serve on the elder board. Okay. I guess that means there's nothing left. (laughs) What do you want to do? What are you doing? If you don't think this is a spirit-filled church, then you must think nobody's exercising their spirit-filled gift. And if you're not exercising your spirit-filled gift, well, the time is to do it. And then now I'm going to talk about some things that you you need to do from this point forward. You need to discover your spiritual gift. I don't know how to do that. Well, I guess you could go read somebody else's definition of what the gifts are and, and take a spiritual gift test and hope that they got the definitions right. I've taken so many spiritual gift tests, and I've seen it defined, the, the different gifts defined in so many different ways, where you can do the legwork, my friends. Go look it up. It's God's Word. Isn't it worth looking up? Isn't it worth finding out what your gift is? And then when you find that gift, you dedicate it to God. It's a gift that's dedicated to God. Well, I use, it works really handy in my job. I have the gift of leadership. I saw the gift of leadership yesterday at somebody's house. I saw the gift of leadership being employed for the glory of God. You know who you are. Dedicate it to God. Doesn't mean that you can't, doesn't mean you have to be full-time ministry, okay? I'm not saying that. 
but dedicate that gift to God. Use it for his glory. You like using it, don't you? You'll love using it for God's glory. Develop your gift. Well, I don't know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Develop. That takes work. Everything takes work. You think, okay, the, the first time I ever taught, I taught everything I knew. Literally. It was over in cabin A or B, and it was the, the singles group way back in the late 90s, and I was scribbling on a board. I was going crazy. I'm like, this and this and this. I said, what, what do you think? And everybody's head was spinning. And they said, I don't know what we just saw. So well, that's everything. I mean, I had to work at it. Maybe I did that today. <laughs> Develop your gift. And then deploy your gift. Use it for God's glory in the way that we've been talking about, in the way that God's Word has been talking about. Okay? These are the four Ds. This came from a guy named Jem Downing, a navigator. Uh, a guy who, who was uh, an eyewitness of Pearl Harbor. He was about 99 years old when, when he told this to me and a group of guys. Discover your gift. Dedicate it to God. Develop your gift. Deploy it. The four Ds. His granddaughter said she wanted five Ds. Said she wanted the last one to be Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Not bad. Not a bad idea. You can drink Dr. Pepper. You have that freedom in Christ to drink Dr. Pepper. So you need to help CBC to be a spirit-filled church. We need you. You are needed. You think you're not needed here? We are the church. We're members of one and another. We're members of each other. We need you. And you know, that's part of becoming like Christ, is to use your gift for God's glory. What a shame. I, I normally end with any questions. And I'm usually five minutes over, and here we are. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this time that we've had to consider your word and your definition of a spirit-filled church. Lord, I ask you would help us to use all of our gifts that you have given us. Use them for your glory. Use them to build up one another. Lord, as you say in 1 Corinthians 13, oh Lord, it's useless to have these gifts unless we use them in love. Uh, Lord, help us, though, to use them. And for anybody that's afraid, Lord, would you, anybody here, Lord, would you take that fear from them and, and, and exchange that fear for excitement? Oh, how exciting it is, Lord, that you let us participate with you. I ask your blessings on these people. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The church, one of the things that we are encouraged to do as a church as we gather is to remember uh, the Lord's coming, his death, his burial, and, and his resurrection. And so as we take the, the Lord's Supper this morning, uh, we're encouraged to do that, proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So as difficult as things may get, as hard as things may be, we're encouraged that we have salvation by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And it can't be lost. We are assured of that. And it says to, to take the, the Lord's table, the, the bread and, and, and the cup, until he comes. And so we're, we're, as we wait for this coming, that Jesus claiming that which is his, his body, his church, 
We take this bread and this cup in remembrance of him. But then he also encourages us in 1 Corinthians to examine ourselves, prepare ourselves to, to remember what this means, but to, to check ourselves to make sure we're right with God. Um, so I want to take this time just to, uh, for you to self-evaluate, confess anything to God that you might need to confess, uh, ask God to reveal hidden sin, uh, and use this time just to confess your sins to God before we take the Lord's Supper. Uh, let's pray each individually, and then I'll lead us in prayer. Father God, we come to you this morning and we are just in awe of you, that your grace has been revealed to us in Jesus Christ and that he died for us on the cross. His body was broken and his blood was shed, Lord. And we take this bread and this cup in remembrance of what Jesus did for us. And we're so grateful for it. Would you move by the power in your spirit in our life to let us lead lives glorifying to you in your church. Let us use our gifts for your glory and for your kingdom. Amen. If you'll peel back the top layer. Jesus said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This is the cup. It is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Father, again, we thank you and praise you for the bread, which is your body, and the cup, which is your blood. May we continue to be, live spirit-filled lives and be a spirit-filled church for your glory. Amen. Join us where you are as we respond.
my friends, it was grace that died for you. It's grace that has saved you. Jesus shed his blood for you so that you could be a believer in him and be saved by his blood. You've also, by grace, been given a gift. Do not squander that gift. You know, the whole point of me doing this is, is I'm hoping that you can do the thing that God has called you to do. I will do the thing God has called me to do, but I, we need you. So don't put it off any longer, if you have. If you're doing it, great. Please continue. We need you. If you're not doing it, we need you. Let's pray. Lord, be with these, your body. Enlighten their minds and their hearts to the things that you've called them to do. And Lord, spark in them a fire of desire to do it. Thank you for your gifts to us, Lord. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for the grace of a gift. Please be with us all this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed.